of Romans chapter 5, verse 11, is where we're going to go and, and move pretty quickly through it. Romans chapter 5, verse 11, it says, And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, over the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many." And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense... Of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, their free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the, by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Uh, so much in here, and uh, we're actually, you know, I'm not sure how far we'll get. I, I plan to go all the way through verse uh, 21 of chapter 5, but I'm not sure where we'll get to, but we had concluded on verse 11, and verse 11 says, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Uh, you know, some key words here, of course, is we also joy in God. Uh, if you, you look at that, there's joy to be found in God through Jesus Christ uh, because of the atonement that he brings to us. Uh, when Adam sinned, he tried to hide from God. They did not want to be with God or in his company. And this is, this we've got to understand, when we are in sin, we don't want anything to do with God. We try to hide from God. We try to escape from God. And this is what sin does, but salvation has the complete opposite effect. When we have been atoned, reconciled back to the Father through his Son, we want to let the world know the joy we find in our Abba Father. And that's really what's supposed to happen is, is that when we're saved and when we truly comprehend, and, and, and look, uh, sometimes I, I think we are missing that we, we don't really make it sink in to those that we witness to, those we talk to, those that get saved. They really need to understand what has just taken place. They've been atoned. They've been, they've been made righteous. They don't have to go to hell. And, and that's an incredible joy there. The Lord Jesus Christ, we want to, uh, to let the world know the, the joy we find in our Abba Father. Our Father, here's what we, we really start to believe. Once we're saved and we are atoned in this joy God's talking about, then here's what we, we have to realize. We have a Father like no other Father. I mean, He is a Father like none other. We have seen in previous verses uh, before uh, verse 11, the fruit of sin and the guilt it brings. That's what we were leading all the way up here to uh, Romans chapter uh, 5, verse 12. But now Paul, through the inspiration of the Spirit of God, will teach us the root 
or origin of sin. And so here's what he's going to, we saw the fruit of sin, the guilt it brings, but now we're going to look at the root of sin, the origin of sin. That's what verse 12 begins to teach us. The passage we study tonight will show us the cause, the nature, and the consequences of sin. And that's verse 12. Look at verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. So we know where it came from. It's just real clear. As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. In verse 12, God makes it very clear that Adam is the originator of human sin. Since Adam is the originator and all mankind is the product of the loins of Adam, this means that all mankind carries this sin in them. And see, Adam is, our, in a sense, he's the, the father of all of us, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about that. See, notice, Adam is created, but he's created in the image of God. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 and I know you won't, the speed I go on these things, you, you, if you want to write down verses, that would be great, but you, it wouldn't hurt you to go look at these. But he says, and God said, let us make man in our own, uh, in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And, and God says, I created Adam in my image. Eve, Eve was, was created. And it, and, and it says of Eve, it doesn't talk about in the image of God, except when you say male and female created uh, he them. Uh, but and then Eve comes along and she's created for the glory of man. Now, man's created in the image of God. Eve is created for the glory of man. But also, every male or female from that point, everyone born from that point, well, just let, let me help you too. Uh, this is something that's so beautiful about, about Calvary. But you, you know, the, the people in, in the world has always been so race conscious. Can, you, can I tell you? There's really only one race. It's called the human race. And we, and we all genetically go back, hey, we've all intermarried in the family. Because if we go back far enough, our father is, a, is Adam. Okay? So, but also every male or female from that point was not created in the image of God, but in the image of a fallen man. Listen, Genesis 5, 3 says, And Adam lived in 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image. It's not in God's image. It's in the image of Adam. Up to verse 11, we see the presence of sin. Then at verse 12 is when we move into the penalty of sin. And, and Paul's going to make this so, and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, makes it so clear. He says, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and here's the penalty, and death by sin. It's just real clear. He says, death comes by sin. So death passed upon all men, for the all of sin. Many live life as though this is not true, though. For they live as though they will live forever in this life. You say, why do you say that? Because they live as though there are no consequences to their actions. So in essence, they believe that they're, they're not going to die. Now, 
how they can do that, I don't know, but they believe there's no consequences to their sin. And this really is the ultimate goal of Satan when he said, ye shall not surely die. From the very beginning, he said, you shall not surely die. And the truth is, unless we have a bad moment at some night, sometime in the darkness of night when we are struggling to sleep, none of us really thinks we're going to die. It's going to be somebody else. It's going to be somebody else. It's always going to be somebody else. We can't even comprehend it. But God has said, thou shalt surely die. Satan said, no, no, you won't. This is the mentality of a deceived world today. They live as though there's no consequence of sin. But Romans makes clear, and in the New Testament, what God said in Genesis. Romans makes clear again in the New Testament what God said in Genesis. He said, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Genesis said, you're going to die. Death has passed genetically from Adam through all of us. That's what these verses, verse 12, is really predominantly saying. We have seen so far the presence of sin, then the penalty of sin. Now we look at the power of sin. Look at verse 13. And I know it's a tough night tonight because you all ate too much. Amen? But it was good. Verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there's no law. And it's going to be, to some extent, when you look at this, going to say, well, this is a little confusing, but it's not. For unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. You see, we see the incredible power of one sin, for the sin of Adam affects an entire human race. God did not impute or place on anyone's account the sins they committed before the law was given to Moses, yet every human being of any age still died. Why? Well, because the Scripture says so very clearly, for until the law, sin was in the world. See, God didn't say there's no sin there. He's saying they don't understand. Now, what it is, is you've got an incredibly righteous and just God. He didn't tell you up to this point. He hadn't told them specifically what they shouldn't do. So he says, I'm not going to hold you. And I'll be honest with you, how I, this is, uh, makes sense, but... The penalty of sin, as far as eternity, it's, it's upon every human being that's born. But he said, the individual sin that comes into your life, they don't even know it's sin. People will say, well, you know, it must be okay to, uh, to, for polygamy because, you know, there's great men of the Bible had multiple women. Look, they're, they're also, uh, before Moses, they didn't know what was right and wrong. They didn't know, and God says, I'm not going to hold that against you, and I don't know if that's an eternal punishment or, or how that is that he means that. I'll be honest with you. I struggle with that, but the, but the truth is, is that he says, you're not under that, although, wait a minute, sin is in the world. Why? Because it had passed from Adam to all of us. It clearly states, for until the law, sin was in the world. Why? Because the curse of sin was passed from Adam to all mankind. Adam had sinned. Now listen, when it talks about the similitude, it says they, they had not sinned 
according to the similitude of Adam, like the, the likeness of Adam, the way Adam did. Why? Adam deliberately sinned. Adam violated the one command that God had given. God said, we, you know, here's the, it's not Ten Commandments. Adam, it's the one commandment. And Adam violated that one commandment. So it was an intentional, deliberate sin. But those after him before the law did not understand sins, for the law was not given. God is mighty and just and patient God, for he did not place sin upon their record because they had not been told what was and what wasn't sin. That being said, the Scripture still says, nevertheless, verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned. Now watch this. It's not saying that they had not sinned or that they don't have sinned. He said they had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. They had not heard a direct commandment from God and violated it because they didn't have one. Now, but regardless what the Scriptures teach us, death still reigned. Death was king. They're going to die. Nevertheless, it says, from Adam to Moses, even though they had not committed deliberate sin, they were still going to die. Why? Because Adam was a representation of the whole human race, just as Jesus would represent all mankind upon the cross. When Adam fell, he introduced into the whole human race the, the virus of sin. He just passed that virus on. Genetically, he passed to us sin. We must then realize that we are not, here's a key statement, we must realize that we're not sinners because we sin, we sin because we're sinners. You know, we, it's, it's in us. You know, that's why we have to be very careful of condemning other people for their sin. Because, as they say, as you point a finger at somebody, you got at least three others pointing about at you. Because there's nobody in here without sin. Is there a solution to the sad state in which we find ourselves? Yes. This solution is found in the gift of God and the grace of God. Look at verse 15. This is where it gets, it gets wonderful. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, so if the offense, the, the violation of this commandment by Adam this, he's one, and he violated this commandment, but many, all of us die because of that. Look at this. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. He said, no matter how much sin brings a penalty, God says, my grace is more. My grace is greater. We see in verse 15 that Adam and Christ have similar scope on humanity, yet with totally different effect. He says, verse 15, not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Also, we must understand that the work of Christ is, I love these words, we see them often in Romans, it's much more. Understand the work of Christ is much more through the grace and gift of God than the sin of Adam. God says, look, it's not, it's not a little better. It's not equal. It's much more. He says, no matter how much sin and no matter how much devastation it brings, his grace is much more. It's much more. 
The effect of Christ's redemptive power is much more than the sin that reigned from Adam. Sin may have had kingship, but but that authority to rule is overruled and conquered by the grace and gift of God. Sin reigned, and any one of us here, uh, we could go back to a time before we were saved, and truthfully, sin reigned in our life. Sin was king, and sin was going to take us to eternal hell. But when we can bow our knee and trust that Jesus Christ as our Savior, the grace of God now reigns. You say, but man, I'm still imperfect and I'm still struggling in my Christian life. Hey, you listen to me. Eternally, the grace of God reigns. There's nothing that can take that away from me. So, verse 17 says, For if one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Death ruled the whole human race, but thank God through Christ we are set free to have a new ruler. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. He makes it real, you know, God's word makes it real clear. He says, in case you don't know who that is, he says, that is the devil. The devil is the one that has this power of death upon us. And he says, and deliver them who through fear of death were, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Boy, this is, is so important. The old devil is, is, keeps people in fear, and fear is bondage. Can I tell you, if you are saved right now, you have nothing to fear. That's why God says, I've not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, because you have nothing to fear. Nothing. God, look, no matter what Satan tries to do, no matter how he tries to mess with our mind, I have something he can't touch. I have eternal life, and he can't touch it. My spirit's been made alive, and he can't touch me. And listen to me. That ought to give us joy, and that ought to give us courage because we have great authority against him. Do I have any power? No, but I have the authority of Jesus Christ. I have the Holy Spirit living in me, and that means I have someone else reigning who is greater than he is. He rules the world. He's the, the, the prince and power of the air. And he's the ruler of this world. But we're not of this world. We have another home. And look, I understand all of us are human and it's so easy to slip into fear. But I'm telling you, every time that fear tries to enter in for whatever reason, you need to rise up and say, no, I have nothing to fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. That means the fear that's come at me right now does not come from God. Satan's trying to bring me into fear. Why? So he can bring me into bondage. Man was in bondage to sin and death, but through Christ we are made free. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? Listen to this. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? 
and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Do you understand? We're delivered from the power of this darkness. We have no fear. We have no reason to fear. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Finally, we look at verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, this is such a wonderful verse. Look, if you're going to memorize something, memorize this. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Listen, so the, uh, the law came, the law came to make us see sin as exceeding sinful. The law came so we'd realize what sin really is. The law came so that we, even in the New Testament, would still know that adultery is sin. We still know that lying is sin. We still know that stealing is sin. We would still know that covetousness is sin. We know it. He said, now you know it. And it's exceeding sinful now. Look, look, it says, therefore, by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. And so by the righteous one, the free gift came upon all men. He brings us all the way down uh, to verse uh, 20. 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. The offense, my old man, it's so big now. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. God says, man, I've unloaded unto you what's right and wrong, what's true and a lie. He said, what's sin and what's not. And he said, I've dumped it on you, and it's a lot. But he said, but grace much more abounds. Grace is greater. He said that sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus our Lord. Grace is the theme of these final verses, God's abundant supply of grace. Where sin abounded, where sin reigned, grace did much more abound. Grace reigns. That's why the song, the songwriter said, grace Grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. I'll give you this little illustration I'm, and I'm done tonight, but a, a simple man, and it's the way they describe him, he's just a simple man that had a heart for God. His name was Sam Duchanan. He had no real talents. But he wanted to do something for the Lord. And if you've been in ministry very long, you've met those kind of fellas. Had a, had a fellow named Bill Connor that won to the Lord way, way back in the late 80s. And Bill Connor's still in First Baptist Church. And, and Bill Connor, in his simple way, he's, he doesn't have, he's, the best way, to, not everything's working. But Bill Connor, every week of his life, wins souls. Bill Connor wins souls everywhere he goes. Such a heart for God. But here's this man, no talents. But he wanted to do something for the Lord, so he started cutting out pictures out of the paper and magazines, and then he'd find a poem to put with one of them, and he'd give them out as gifts to encourage people. 
So there was nothing original to himself, but he just would cut out a picture, and then he would find a poem to go with that picture. Well, he found a picture of the Niagara Falls, but he struggled to find a poem that would go with that incredible picture. If, if anybody here ever been to Niagara Falls? It's a pretty amazing waterfall. And so he struggled to find a poem that would really speak what he was seeing in this picture. Eventually, though, he found Ira Sankey's song. And here's the words. I've never heard the song sung, but he said this. The words go like this. Have you on the Lord believed? Still there is more to follow. Of his grace have you received? Still there's more to follow. Of the grace the Father shows, still there's more to follow. Freely His grace bestows, still there's more to follow. More and more and more and more, always more to follow. Oh, His matchless, boundless love, still there's more to follow. No matter how much grace you need, there's more to follow. And that man put that song under there, and he simply wrote down, there's always more to follow. Because you look at the Niagara Falls, and it doesn't let up. But find it just keeps coming more and more. And to him, that's what grace was, beyond anything that we could comprehend. And truthfully, if you've ever seen it, and we've been there to see Niagara Falls and took a boat underneath the falls and all that kind of stuff, but, but if you've ever been there, the picture of grace. You know, the truth is, I didn't think of it then, but as we were under there, you know, that boat full of people, that's kind of like our sin. And we're so overwhelmed by the falls, we're minuscule because we're sin-abounded. Grace did much more about. And that's really the, the latter part, verse 12 through 21 of, of Romans. He's trying to, God's just trying to say, yes, sin was pretty bad. And sin reigned in your life, and sin has brought death to everybody that's ever lived. He said, but Jesus brought grace. So it's the grace of God and the gift of God that overcomes that sin. And the truth is, that's what we're trying to do from this point on. The reason we study the Bible on Wednesday night, the reason we come Sunday, and the reason we go try to tell. You know, the truth is, you know what we're trying to do? We're trying to learn a little bit more. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We're trying to learn all the Word of God we can. And why are we trying to learn all that we can? Why do I get up every morning and, and read some and listen to more uh, of, the, of the Bible? Why do I get in a car often and listen to to the Word of God, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But I, I'll tell you uh, why. Because I want more and more, as the older I get and the closer I get to heaven, I want to be more like Jesus. Because the more grace reigns. Now, grace is king over my life as far as eternity, but I want to reign here on this earth. And I got so far to go. Amen. But so do you. Father, I pray that you bless.